0: This is the Los Angeles City Cast with Danielle Alvari, presented by Bet Rivers.
2: Welcome in to the Los Angeles City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I'm your host, Danielle Alvari, and we have an LA team headed to the Super Bowl. The Rams beat the 49ers. What a championship Sunday! Let me. Another overtime game, by the way, and so funny because, of course, the Chiefs won the coin toss, unless you missed that. And uh, just like everybody thought. People assume Chiefs win the overtime toss. That means they win the game. Nope. Patrick Mahomes gives it up. And the Bengals are headed to the freaking Super Bowl. First time since, what, 1988, I believe? This, the, I mean, the Bengals have been to the Super Bowl twice. Yes, last one they played in 1988, one other time in 1981. And two years after drafting Joe Burrow back in the Super Bowl. That is how it's done. And by the way, Rams just traded for Stafford and they are in the Super Bowl. This is why they traded for Stafford. Okay. What have we learned? Just get a good quarterback, right? That's all you need. Lots to talk about in today's show. I just, I mean, I just want to recap some of this, these games. It's unbelievable. First, we'll recap the 49ers at the Rams, NFC Championship game, of course. And then AFC Championship, we'll also get into Bengals upsetting the Chiefs. And then let's do NBA as well, if we have some time. Lakers actually lost to the Hawks on Sunday, which is upsetting, to say the least. I don't know what to do with this team anymore. It... it I, it must be frustrating to be a Lakers fan because on any given night, LeBron playing, all of that, you're an incredible team. And yet you are just floating around the 500 mark every other every other game. Clippers also been performing really well, actually, on the rise. Dark horse here I've been talking about. Maybe not so dark anymore. They're actually on their eighth straight road game. I had to look at this twice. I couldn't believe it. Eight straight. This is going to wrap it up for them, though. Eight straight road games, and this is the last one at the Pacers. That's on Monday night, so we're going to make sure we talk about that so that we can, you know, maybe find some action. But first things first, always check out the Los Angeles Lions available at Bat River Sportsbook. So let's start with the Super Bowl on February 13th. I originally in my notes here had uh, had Super Bowl question mark, right? Because I didn't know if the Rams are going to make it. I I mean, by the way... Everybody and their mother was talking about how the Rams were going to, you know, not be in a home game and that the 49ers beat them every time and that, you know, Shanahan is McVay's daddy, whatever. And look what happened. And look what happened. The Rams rose above. And frankly, after all they did to get all the talent and load their roster the way they did and spend their first round picks, it better have been worth it. But nevertheless, here they are. Bengals versus Rams. Rams a four point favorite. That's it. Doesn't that seem low? Total sitting at 49 and a half. I even saw one book at a three and a half already. I think it was Caesars in Vegas. And uh, that's shocking to me because that means that people are taking Bengals plus four for them to go that way. Right. And I just think. Are the Bengals even supposed to be here? That's really rude to say. I'll get into into it later Um, because they've been incredible in the postseason, obviously. But there's just who had Bengals in the Super Bowl in their bingo card? Because not me. NBA odds. We're talking about the odds, right? Let's get back to it. Monday, like I said, Clippers at the Pacers wrapping up that eight-game road stretch, and they are two-point dogs versus the Pacers. Right off the bat, I'm going to say not enough. Not enough. I would lean Pacers on that right off the bat, but we'll get into more of that a little bit later on. Of course, 35-1 to to win the championship, which that should be on the move. Because I, I'm telling you, the second Kawhi is back in the mix, this is a totally different situation for the Clippers. And then the Lakers still sitting at 14-1 to despite all of their mediocrity this season. UCLA and USC don't play again until Thursday. Maybe we'll talk about them a little bit in that basketball block. But first things first, I've already said that. So second things second. Uh, you can find all those odds at Bett River Sportsbook, but we are starting with the NFL and let's start with some of the splits here by the way as far as the betting handles were for these games because I think these are really interesting and really cool thing that bet river sends out to us so shout out to them for this but for this Bengals Chiefs game let's start there with this handle the Chiefs money line had 80% of the money at bet rivers and 56% of the bets 80% of the money on the Chiefs money line just to freaking win the game they were seven-point favorites obviously uh, Chiefs spread 79% of the money, so similar. I mean, just about 80 and 61% of the bets. And then the over. It's interesting, though, you see in these games, these later games in the season, we start to get to these late playoff rounds, is what I'm trying to say. And how the bets start to even out 50 50 because there's fans on both sides, or there's only two games to look at. And so people kind of, it seems like, go back and forth on that versus when we're in the regular season where we see those be sometimes really skewed. So 56% of the bets, 61% of the bets, but 80. 80 on the money line and 80 on the spread for the Chiefs. And no way, no how. Uh, Big win for the book there. And then over had 84% of the money. That, of course, uh, also cashed. So that's kind of what we were expecting, though, wasn't it, from this game? I mean, 50... 40. Yeah, 51. Crazy. Cra- oh, no, 54 and a half. So under. Under. So many people like the over here, obviously. 84% of the money. So again, huge, huge win for the sports book. That's shocking. I for sure thought this one went over. My goodness. You know what? Ryan Rothstein, the host of the Philadelphia CityCast, actually, excuse me, guys, it's very late, uh, was tweeting about this the whole game, I forgot. He was tweeting about how he's sweating on an under for this game. One of the few people who bet an under on the Bengals-Chiefs game, which admittedly was a very high total, 54 and a half here. Um, and he, was, he was sweating it out based on how the first half went. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, that under, man. Good for Ryan. Good for Ryan Rothstein. See, rose above the fray. Didn't decide to go with the public on that. Uh, the Chiefs, man. Eight straight home games win. That's shattered. All of their last seven have gone over. Nope, not. I mean, that's also playoff, I think, playoff football. Uh, And the Bengals covered the spread. Now seven straight games and have won the second half in nine of their last ten games as underdogs. Kind of cool, kind of trendy. Let's look at the 49ers' Rams split as well. Uh, because I'm sure this did not go according to plan for some people, at least. Definitely a bigger win for the book on the Bengals side of things, because shocker for us all, I think. Maybe not all of us. I think some people actually, you know, saw the saw the value in the Bengals. I saw value in a seven and a half, absolutely. But a money line them to win it. I, I mean, no, surprised. Ram's money line, 74% of the money, 59% of the bets. Ram's spread had 70% of the money and 62% of the bets. So same situation again, like around 60% of the bets on the Ram's money line and spread and about 70 75% of the money between the two. So Ram's money line obviously played out. Ram's minus three and a half did not cash. So that's kind of a split there uh, as far as the book is concerned and really the public. And then the over 44% of the money, 54% of the bets, this total was precipitously dropping throughout the week, as we you may remember. Um, I think it was 47 at one point, got down to 46.5, got down to 46. Uh, I think I bet it actually at under 45.5, so even 45.5 is out there. And it still hit. It was a little dicey there at the end. We weren't sure. Maybe we we're going to head to overtime or a situation like that. But 20-17 to 17 final score, so uh, that worked out in our favor for the under betters Uh, game notes 49ers won six straight against the Rams that's over (laughs) next note not anymore that's the kind of thing we talk about right it's like just because a trend is happening doesn't mean it's going to happen again I actually interestingly enough went back and forth on this game all week I had to keep it going on shows for visa and talking about the Rams and obviously Los Angeles City cast so I'm going to talk about the Rams and why they should win this game. Rams money line, yeah, absolutely. I didn't want to lay that juice because, you know, not my style. But the Rams money line made sense, sure. But this hook all week, Rams three and a half, just didn't sit right with me. I think a lot of us could agree that we've seen these two teams play so many times, and the 49ers always find a way to keep it close or just barely win. And so for that reason, I'm not going to look at a 49ers money line because it's, you know, a little bit better value than the spread because... They don't always seem like they're going to have the win. They just have had those things tip in their scale the last couple games. I mean, you could blame it on luck or whatever you're going to say. But it did not seem like, oh yeah, I'm 100% confident that the 49ers are going to just run over them. Because that's not how they've been beating the Rams. So I went back and forth, went back and forth, actually called Stormy Bonatoni again, who was on the show Friday, and bugged her today, whose poor thing is at home with, she had a torn meniscus, so she just had surgery. But I'm talking to her and just saying, I can't make a decision. And I told her, it's like when you can't make a decision and you know, that's when I've made my decision, right? Because as soon as you are doubting your decision before you've even made it, you know it's the wrong one, right? So I was like, Rams minus three and a half. Yes. Yes, they should be able to. They're talented enough. But there was too many little blind spots like McVeigh's mysterious calls on occasion for timeouts, for example, or challenges, or his second half calls as of late and how timid he's been getting. And Matt Stafford's interception problem is not gone, right? So there were enough little kind of holes you could poke in this. And then, of course, there's the trend of the 49ers literally won six straight games before this. It's hard, you know. To ignore that kind of thing. So that's how I landed on 49ers plus three and a half. I honestly think if this was Rams uh, minus three, I would have been on that. And then I would have been, you know, stuck with a push, obviously. But if this was Rams minus three during the week, that probably would have been where I went. Um, But since that hook was there, I mean, we talk about key numbers on this show all the time. And I don't go into nearly as much depth as a lot of much more experienced handicappers do. But we know three and seven, right, guys? And so when we talk, I actually had a friend talk to me today who said, oh, is that what the hook means? I was like, yeah, half. It's it's, the half is the hook. Uh, And when it's on a three like that in a game where you think it's going to be close and it's going to be a field goal game, uh, that's actually what Stormy said. Should if you think it's going to be a field goal finish, then yeah, take the 49ers. And I said, okay, I'm going to listen to the gut and go with it. So that's where I ended up. 49ers plus three and a half. I'm also, uh, which cash, that's great. I had the under, I grabbed that at 45 and a half. Not a great number. Again, this was 47 earlier in the week. It could have been a little bit more comfortable, but it did cash, so that's great. And then the one other prop that I made was Aaron Donald over half a sack. And I talked to someone about this and they said, wouldn't you rather kind of be on Von Miller or just literally any other prop? And I said, no, I, I think that Aaron Donald wants this really freaking bad. We saw him yelling at his team in that game about, Basically, I mean, I think it was Aaron Andrews reporting saying he was like, the only thing I don't have is this ring. So uh, it's not not because I didn't think that the 49ers would be good at containing him and put two guys on him and things like that. But how close did we get to an Aaron Donald sack, right? Like I kind of got robbed a couple times, um, but he was instrumental in this win for them. So I was happy with that pick, even though that didn't cash. And so that's kind of how I landed on everything assuming that I was going to have to defend, depend on the defenses. And that's what we saw. I mean, that's why we I leaned towards an under and bet the under. And then um, why I also considered with my props betting an interception prop, you know, just like as a longer shot, as something a little bit more fun, something juicy, like four to one, five to one, even six to one. I think Jalen Ramsey to get an interception was six to one. And I almost bet it just like he almost had one. So I think we both did our part on that. But um, now... We're headed into a Super Bowl matchup that features two really high-powered offenses, one young gun, Joe Burrow, versus the OG, Matt Stafford, who was toiling away in Detroit for, what, 11 years? Uh, And now, one I mean, not even a year. I was going to say a year in, but like kind of a year in, Matt Stafford is now headed to the Super Bowl. I mean, last January, asking for a trade from the Lions to this January, you're headed to the Super Bowl, Matt Stafford. And then again, Joe Burrow, less than two years. I mean, I think he's the first quarterback to do that. He's now the first number one overall pick to get his team to the Super Bowl within his first two seasons. That's the whole game. That's what what everybody's trying to do when they trade these draft picks and try to get these first round and whatever, especially in a really quarterback-rich year. Uh, you're wanting this quarterback to turn your franchise around. I mean, we wanted that for Baker Mayfield, right? And and Josh Allen. And uh, these are just the recent ones that come to mind, or Lamar Jackson even. Um, but not. it's it's very difficult to do, as we can see. So the fact that he's now the first number one overall pick to get his team to the Super Bowl within the first two seasons doesn't even tell you everything you need to go about this guy because there's just so much more to him. Uh, it's He's been incredible in this postseason run. And it's interesting because... These last two games have actually come down to the field goals for them to win it. But Joe Burrow's getting all of the of the roses, of course, because he's putting them in a position. It's almost like it's like it's like it's March Madness and he's just carrying his team through these eliminations, it feels like. And of course Jamar Chase, shout out there. I mean, Joe Mixon not as stellar, I don't think, today. Um, but absolutely essential to that offense. So really really fun offenses, high powered offenses. We're going to see probably a lot of passing. It's interesting because this total actually for this game, I already talked about the line here again. Rams are favored by 4 and the total sitting at 50. Uh it's some books, I think Bett Rivers actually has 49 and a half right now. I don't even know if that's that's high enough. It's interesting because I actually think that the Rams might not have as much trouble with the Bengals defense. It's interesting because when I went on the look ahead with Scott Seidenberg, which is a Vison show that you should definitely check out on Sunday evening, uh, he asked me what I kind of thought this matchup was going to look like. And when we talked 49ers-Rams, I said, well, it's going to have to be a defensive game because the 49ers can't out-offense the Rams. They don't have the ability to do that, bless Jimmy Garoppolo's heart. But the Bengals do. The Bengals can try to keep up with offense for offense, blow for blow. And so this number being at 50 is understandable, right? Because you could see this going one of two ways. It's going to be the Bengals' defense that turned this corner in playoffs and all of a sudden has just been so much better than what we saw in the regular season. And the Rams' defense that has been consistent throughout the season. I mean, they've been having to deal with ups and downs on the offensive side of things that I think put a little bit more pressure on them, especially when Matt Stafford was dealing with his high, high turnover rate. But other than that, I mean Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey, they, I mean come on. This is where Joe Burrow is going to have the most trouble. I mean, the Rams front four, especially Aaron Donald, especially Von Miller, huge huge mismatch for the Bengals offensive line. So uh, but is it a problem? Because what we saw for Joe Burrow versus the Titans, for example, he was sacked 9 times. Still unbelievable. Nine times in one game. They've been switching out. What's weird, too, is the Bengals have been switching out their left guard, you know, frequently, and both of them are playing poorly. So it's it's like, what's going on? How do you even address this problem at this point? We're in the Super Bowl. It's a little too late. Uh, but Joe Burrow still got it done getting sacked nine times. Now, granted, as good as the Titans are, the Rams are going to, by and, by and large, be the best defense that this Bengals team has had to face all season. That's just bar none. But Joe Burrow, even with getting sacked every freaking play, it seems like, got through that Titans team. Can they do that again? And as far as the defense is concerned, I mean, their defensive coordinator did a great job. I think it's Lou Anarumo. I don't want to pronounce that wrong. But Anarumo, he was able to make those great adjustments versus the Chiefs uh, to the point that it rendered Patrick Mahomes not only ineffective but completely mistake-prone, making horrible decisions. just by a pretty simple adjustment, just kind of forcing them into that. We'll go ahead and try and run it. So are they going to be able to pull something like that against the Rams? I have questions about that because I do think that even though Sean McVay for me is, he's presenting some question marks, some questionable decisions in these, in these moments we've seen the last couple of weeks, he's nothing if not a great planner. If anything, he's an over-planner sometimes. We see him overthink plays and, and over over overdo them, right? So he's an incredible planner. He is going to be prepared for this game. And so really my question with him becomes, can he make those adjustments? If the Bengals come out and something's not working for them and they go back in at the half and do what they did versus the Chiefs to the Rams, is Sean McVay going to be able to be prepared for whatever that is? Now, they can't do exactly what it is because we just saw him do it to the Chiefs. so I mean it can't be the exact same game script here but if it's going to be anything like they've already seen before I think Sean McVay is going to be prepared for it but I get concerned when he has to be on the fly because he plays scared he does and we've been seeing that develop more and more at the end of the season. It's unfortunate because we always talk about him as this wonderkin of a coach. And and it's been so much fun to watch him. And now we're starting to see these weaknesses exposed a little bit more. Um, but what I will say, congrats to Sean McVay for finally getting another win <laughs> against Shanahan because people were giving him crap about that all week long. Uh, he still had some really questionable you know, challenges, timeouts in this game where you're like, wow, you're going to have one timeout left with 15 minutes to go. That's, that's tough. Uh, but he is a planner, if nothing else. And so the Bengals are going to have to get creative, I guess. This is the way that the Bengals can win this game is they have to get creative with their um, their side of things because I think that the Rams are going to put together a game plan and have the experience on their side, by the way. I'm kind of looking at these lineups and I'm like – It's kind of the young guys. Like, again, the Bengals haven't been in the Super Bowl since the 80s, and now it's Joey Burrow and Jamar Chase, you know, hot shots. And on the other side, oh, geez, it's like Matt Stafford and OBJ and Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and freaking 40-year-old Andrew Whitworth, who's actually going to be playing against his former team of 11 years, lest we forget, Uh, which is pretty cool because Stafford, OBJ, Donald, Ramsey, Whitworth, none of them have a ring yet. None of them do. And that also makes me, it's funny because I think that a lot of people are like wanting to cheer against the Rams and uh, back the back the underdog. We love cheering for an underdog. But when you look at that list of guys who are so incredibly talented, they all came together to this team all in uh, to win a ring. So you want to believe that it was worth it to trade away all those picks and do everything they did to get all of these incredible players on the team at the same time, it needs to be now or never, right? So I think it would be heartbreaking from the perspective of that, where it's like, man, if they did all of this for nothing. And some people don't care because people, you know, it's a cruel world out there. But I don't know. I think that it's a very unique Super Bowl. It's got to be the most surprising one. Right? What, what? I mean, uh, in all fairness, I have not been watching the NFL my entire life. I grew up in a basketball family, very much so. So, you know, tweet at me if I'm missing one. But I went back, I read. I I, I don't think that there's a single one that's more surprising than this one. And it's weirdly going to be fun, right? Because seeing Joe Burrow against this, I mean, not I, not because I want to see him get sacked a bunch, but seeing him against this Rams team is going to be really fun because he's been fun to watch so far this season. Um, and again, Bengals, one of a dozen NFL teams that have never won a Super Bowl, is this their year? No, probably not. I think four is way too low on this line. I do, and I don't know why I feel like the Bengals don't have a prayer. And I think it's, I think it goes back to the experience. I do. I think if I think that when push comes to shove, the Rams are going to shove. <laughs> And I think that the Bengals are going to uh, just have a tough time. I-, I think they're just a little too early on this, right? It feels that way, but then here they are in the Super Bowl and they got rid of Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and also, to Joe Burrow's credit, he's been under so much pressure, not only just outside pressure, but literal pressure in these games. And he's been incredible. Just versus the Chiefs, he completed seven of 12 passes under pressure and converted three third downs via scrambles. Is it enough? Is it enough versus Rams team? I don't think it is. But how exciting that we get to watch it. I hope it's a good game. That's all we can wish for, right? I don't want to talk this through too much because we're going to have two weeks to talk about it. But luckily this also opens things up for us to talk a little bit more basketball. If that's your thing, it's definitely mine. I can't wait to get into that. So let's do that next. Uh, Coming up next on the Los Angeles city cast, we'll talk NBA. So Lakers who just lost to the Hawks and Clippers who are playing Monday at the Pacers wrapping up that long road stretch that and more coming up on the Los Angeles city cast presented by bet rivers.
0: Looking for a hot tip to bet on? Check out the new match tips at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. The new tips feature gives you special insights on player props and match bets for the top tips of the day. Go to Bet Rivers before the game, find your match, and tap the tips icon to see independent research on recent team and player performance. Bet with confidence. Visit the Bet Rivers mobile app or go to BetRivers.com and get the top tips of the day. Must be 21 gambling problem call 1 800 Gambler. Playable only in states where Bet Rivers is licensed and in New Jersey at Play Sugar House.
2: Welcome back into the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. I'm your host, Danielle Alvari, ready to talk about some basketball. Before we get into the NBA, the Clippers are in action on Monday night. Like I said, wrapping up a real long road game stretch here. Road game number eight at the Pacers for them. They are two-point dogs going on on Monday night again. So we will get into that because I have thoughts. I have thoughts on this Clippers team. And then the Lakers don't play again until Wednesday, so definitely will get that action in there for Wednesday's pod, but a little bit of a break for them after a loss to the Hawks on Sunday. So much needed. Absolute. Just what's going on. What's going on guys. What's the problem. You know, you have Anthony Davis, you have LeBron James, you have Russell Westbrook. What's the problem. Oh, that is the problem at this point. So what I was going to say is, is UCLA and USC both played on Saturday. Uh, And UCLA hosted Stanford and held them to 43 points. Let me put that in perspective, too. Stanford made 13 field goals. That's it. 13 field goals. They went 3 of 20 from 3, and then they had 14 points from free throws, which they shot 70% there. They're lucky that UCLA shot so poorly from 3 themselves, 4 of 29. Yeah. Yeah. As bad as Stanford was, shooting 15%, three of 20 from three, UCLA shot four of 29 for 13.8%. That is concerning, except for Johnny Juzang was still out. Uh, He missed the last two games, so versus Cal and Stanford, he did not miss that Arizona game, luckily. Uh, I don't know what his timetable is on the return here. I don't know how long they have to sit out for, uh, but the Bruins have Arizona in Arizona on Thursday uh, in Tucson, so... You'd like to hope he's back for that one because uh, shooting 13.8% from three is not going to be enough uh, for this Bruins team. This has been so perplexing with this team because like I said, uh, I believe it was versus Oregon state. UCLA shooting all of a sudden kind of went on the upswing for a while. Their offense was looking a lot better. Um, Some could say that was attributed to rotating in guys like David Singleton or even Jake Kyman, kind of make that offense kind of run a little bit smoother, even if they don't add a ton of of points to it. But for whatever reason, though, offense was really, really going, flowing well, and then Johnny Juzang all of a sudden, he's out with COVID, and then Jalen Clark out with a concussion. He's missed this week as well, um, which is – concerning but hopefully we get him back as well all of that to say then they come out and do this versus Stanford and still an incredible defensive performance from UCLA I mean Stanford held to 43 points same Stanford team by the way that swept USC number 15 ranked USC Uh, so Stanford wild card for me here Kind of a fun team in a lot of regards, but UCLA, just an an incredible performance against them in terms of the defensive side of things. The offense has always been my concern with this team because when it's not Johnny, who is it? Uh, They looked great versus Cal, but that was versus Cal. And Cal's defense also looked horrible that game. They bounced back in a big way versus USC on Saturday, I believe, um, because I know their coach was not happy with their performance versus UCLA. Uh, So they went on to play at USC, and USC only won by seven points. So things are slipping. Things are slipping at USC, uh, unfortunately, because the Trojans started off so well. But this is what happens in Pac-12 play because all these teams on any given night, right, except for Cal, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, USC on Thursday, by the way, has Arizona State, of course, and then the two UCLA, or the two LA teams, rather, will flop with the Arizonas the next game. But UCLA in Tucson on Thursday... They can't wait. They can't wait to get back at this game after the way that they looked in that first matchup. I think it's going to be very tough on the road for the Bruins, but I do think they're capable of doing it. So that said, let's talk NBA. Let's talk about the NBA because the Clippers do have a game on Monday. Can we talk about, by the way, speaking of teams' offenses picking up, the Clippers' offense lately, who is this team? I mean, it was interesting because they beat the Hornets on Sunday, 115 to 90. They outscored them in the fourth quarter, 31 to 14 points. Like, who are you? They shot 52.4 percent. They're shooting almost 40 percent from three. The the Hornets had a horrible, horrible shooting night. I mean, 32 percent, 23.5 from three. Ty Lue had a great quote after this game, actually, that I just felt like was relatable, very relatable. He said, uh, we've been cursed, the Clippers, with a lot of injuries, cursed with COVID, but our guys keep fighting. And that is, it speaks to me. <laughs> we've all been cursed with a lot of a lot of things, a lot of things with COVID, but we keep on fighting. Uh, and they're starting to get healthy again. And even, I mean, LaMelo Lebel- had 23 points still. Uh but I, I just, I'm really impressed with the way this Clippers offense have kind of picked things up lately, especially because, I mean, you're dealing with all of the the Kawhi being out and, and Paul George and all of that and like the constant rotation of guys. And you're still putting up this impressive defensive performance every like game. And by the way, let's talk about this from the betting side of things. The Clippers, eight games on the road tomorrow, it's Monday is game number eight on the road for them at the Pacers, right? In their last seven, so those road games, they have covered six times. They've covered six of their last seven games. The only one they didn't cover versus New York. Yeah, the Knicks. 102-110 to lost, and they had plus four there. So they missed the cover by two points. Or push, rather, by two points. They missed the cover by three points. Who is this team? They're on the rise. And, and and also, there was a lot of games where I loved betting an under on the Clippers team because I could count on their defense, which is great. Uh, because once they get the offense going with Kawhi back in the mix, hopefully at some point, and Paul George back in the mix, then we're talking about a team that actually has two sides of the ball to work with. But even looking at the recent games here, I mean, one of these was a push in the last seven games, these road games but four games went over and that's a lot for the clippers team and that's really just speaks to their offense kind of coming out and and finding a way to to rise above and to work i mean yeah Marcus Morris senior 16 points Reggie Jackson 19 Winslow 13 Kennard 14 Boston Jr 19 like the, everybody's contributing now and it's interesting seeing all these kind of role players come in and just having to slap something together every week. And I think they're finally starting to hit a rhythm, get comfortable because there was such a rotating group of people for so long. So I don't know. These Clippers are, are really starting to impress me uh, more than they already have. Their defense was already really impressive. I mean, if we just look at, um, you know, their numbers in terms of from cleaning the glass rather. So they're four factors. Seventh in points per possession for their defense. Second in effective field goal percentage and 12th in their turnover percentage. And then on the offensive side of things, uh, 25th in points per possession, 20th in effective field goal percentage. I bet you that has been in exponentially better in the last, like I said, seven, seven, even 10 games, um, but still sitting at an 18th efficiency differential overall. This is going to be interesting to see if they can keep this up and, and what it's going to look like once they get those those kind of offensive stars i'll say back in the mix but as it pertains to the clippers tomorrow or as it pertains to the pacers rather i think they're gonna have a tough time we've already seen them play the pacers a couple times this season uh the pacers similar i would even say to stanford for me like kind of a wild card they're 21st in efficiency differential they're 14th in points per possession 16th in effective field goal percentage so very middle of the road here and then on the defensive side of things. Not so much. I mean, they're 26 in points per possession, 18th in effective field goal percentage. So if the Clippers' offense is performing the way it has been tomorrow, even on the end of this long, long road stretch, uh, I don't even know how you handicap that at this point. I haven't even – these have got to be rare. I I feel like we don't see this many road games in a row. This is really interesting. Uh, But I think that they're going to allow a lot of points here. It depends on how the Clippers are feeling, legs-wise, all of that. I mean, they just played Sunday, right? So – it's it's tough to say in terms of the total because I don't have the number yet, but I would say that we're probably looking at something that could hand over just because I don't think the Pacers' defense is going to do a whole lot. The last two times or last time these two teams played, that's more what we saw. Even with the Clippers' offense not working well, now it seems to be functioning pretty well. They're kind of getting in this rhythm. Uh, maybe worth an over, honestly. I mean, for the last seven, one was a push, and. Clippers plus two. I, you know, I said at the top of the show that that sounded instantly like not enough for them to cover. And maybe the book has started to kind of keep, you know, catch up to this trend here for them. They were one point dogs versus the magic and covered that. Of course, they won that game by nine. They were plus five versus Washington, plus six versus Charlotte. They covered both of those plus eight and a half versus Miami barely covered there. Yeah. I don't know. Two to me seems too low. I don't know if the book finally caught up or what what we're missing here from the injury reports or anything like that, but I'm cautiously optimistic for this Clippers team. I don't want to say Clippers plus two, but I might. I might. Monday night, I might be looking at this game and go Clippers plus two, and maybe they get (laughs) their seventh cover of eight games in their last eight. Impressive. Impressive Clippers team right now. Meanwhile, the Lakers, uh, do we need to talk about it? They just lost to the Hawks. What's going on? What's going on, guys? That's all I have to say to this Lakers team right now because it's and it's also sarcastic because we know what's going on here in some ways. like The dysfunction of this team, the disjointedness, the fact that LeBron James is your best defender is an issue. The fact that you can't win a game without LeBron James, either it's the leadership or his ability to close out a fourth quarter. Anthony Davis got to be stepping up in that role a little bit more too, right? It's just, it's, it's so confusing why they have all this talent on this team. And at least in those big three, Russell Westbrook, of course, being included there. And it's just not panning out the way that it has now, of course, once you get all of those guys back in a rhythm and actually playing together, is this a different team? Yeah, you would think, but I don't know what to say at this point. They're 24 and 27. They're 22nd in efficiency differential. Offense isn't anything to write home about, 23rd in points per possession, 13th in effective field goal percentage again. Thank you, LeBron James. Uh, And the defense was looking good, has moments, and again, really only when LeBron's out there. So it is tough being a Lakers fan out there right now. It's tough betting on the Lakers right now, especially if you have no LeBron in the mix. But uh, I mean, we saw the Sixers game last week, did we not? with no LeBron and how that looked. Maybe Anthony Davis just needs a little bit of time to work his way back in. But for now, the Clippers are the hot team in Los Angeles, if you can believe it. And, of course, the UCLA Bruins, who have a really big game coming up on Thursday. But we'll talk about that on Wednesday's pod. So thank you so much for listening to the Los Angeles CityCast. Remember, new shows three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Feel free to tweet at me, at Danielle Avari. And I, of course, will be back, as promised, for more fun and games and betting on Wednesday. So come on back for more of the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers
0: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic, every home run, every hit, every inning, every play, from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365.